0: All right, it is a good evening and a welcome to everybody, of course, who managed to make it uh, to joining us today for this Making Marriage Work webinar, which we've been having, I think, for past month or so now, actually two months, I think. Uh, just trying to, of course, delve into issues within marriage. Uh, This, of course, brought to you by the SP Foundation, a foundation that's interested in community building and ensuring, of course, that uh, the building blocks of our communities, which are families, are strengthened to ensure that our communities go stronger over time and our children, of course, have a better and a brighter future than what we had at our time. So obviously for everybody else who's joining us from Gabo Kweni, from uh, Ghiyani, Gamalake, wherever you find yourself in South Africa at the moment, welcome. We want you here. We love to have you here. Whether you're married, whether you're unmarried, whether you're soon to be married, I think you'll get some information that's really going to help you and help your marriage going forward. But of course, Uh, Let me introduce our guest, our permanent resident guest, Pastor John. How are you today, sir? Well, I'm okay. It's been a little bit uh, frizzy, but
1: uh, it is fine. And uh, welcome to all of you who are watching us and those who are with us. Please, you're welcome as we continue talking about issues that will enhance our marriages. And also for those who are still thinking planning and praying, uh, you welcome because it will help us
0: and help you to have a better foundation. Please welcome. That's true. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pastor. I think uh, one thing, of course, that's very important that you mentioned there is that we all thought the winter was gone. Hey! Little did we know that there was a bit of a sting in the tail of this uh, winter, you know, bringing up some European temperatures yesterday. But I'm hoping, of course, that as the spring day gets closer, uh, you know, the weather gets better. Uh, but otherwise, outside of that, if you did not know who Pastor John is, he's a pastor, of course, ordained. He's a father of two. He's a married man, 25 years of marriage, a quarter of a century. So, uh, but most importantly, of course, he does premarital and postmarital counseling, which kind of gives him the gravitas to be able to speak to us then about these marriage issues because it's not theoretical for him. It is stuff that is practical, that is dealt with, that is head with. And I think if you've got comments today, if you've got queries, you've got suggestions, you've got questions, whatever it is that you want to contribute to the show, Please don't be afraid to leave a comment either on our Facebook page where we were running ourselves live, or if you're on the Zoom platform, then you know you can direct a question to me privately, or you can just put it in the group for everybody to see. But otherwise, Pastor, communication, communication has caused wars over time. Communication wow. has ensured that, you know, people end up killing each other because they didn't hear each other properly. And within the context of marriage, why is this so important? You know,
1: when I was thinking about the whole issue of communication, uh, the temptation is for a person to go and start digging in literature that talks about communication. And I think that would be out of uh, context because of the issue that we're dealing with. Uh, There are people who've written material about communication and they've done so well, but largely. Uh, It is to do either with business or interacting with the broader community. But when it comes to communication in the context of marriage, it is very, very important. And the reasons are very simple, not complex. First of all, the two of you who are coming in marriage are coming from two totally different backgrounds. Grow up in different homes and uh, the influences and the values that were instilled while growing up could be different as well and sometimes it even involves culture it can even involve race you know and then the two of you come together and the truth is it doesn't mean that because you've come together and you're in love and you've committed to one another to have a long walk uh, in, in in marriage, it doesn't mean you really understand each other that well, that when you start talking to one another, uh, it will be easy, you know, there will be that uh, harmony. So with my experience, you know, uh, with dealing with young couples, even ourselves, when we got married, communication was one of the big problems that we had really to grow into. So one of the big reasons why communication is very, very important in our marital relationship, it is like an avenue that we use uh, for both of us to grow. So if it is jammed or if it is clogged, then everything else piles up. But if the avenue gives access to easy flow, then other issues that emerge as we go and grow into our relationship, you know, becomes a little bit uh, lighter to carry as burdens. So that is one of the big reasons why communication is very, very important within the marriage context. So I would want people to bear with me. Uh, Others maybe would be disappointed thinking, okay, we're going to talk about communication in a broader sense, like maybe in business and then bring it That's not the issue here. Because marriage is not an enterprise. Marriage is not a business. Marriage is not PR, you know. Marriage is an institution that God has designed. So if we are going to thrive in it, then we understand, we need to understand how our communication needs to be. And also to have that, you know, within a a context. Of, uh, of of marriage. Now,
0: of course, you, you. I think for 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 most part, you know, when you are in love. Uh, before you get married and you're looking at your wife's uh, to bes eyes you just see love there's just sweetness the birds are singing the violins are playing the roses are laid down we, we don't really think about these these major things and how you know two three years down the line that very same person that you're looking at so lovingly is the very same person who's going to be causing you so much anger and anguish you know <laughs> in your life so, so so a lot really has been said about coming Communication being one of the key pillars of ensuring that a marriage you know, flourishes and then goes beyond that which is supposed to. And I think, how should a man and a woman then be communicating? Like you say, of course, we, we must take off those, those eyes, those, those romantic eyes. How should we then effectively be doing it between a spouse? Yeah.
1: Uh, 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 you know, I think the first place we need to start from is to realize that you're staying with a human being. You know, uh, uh, I'm sure the first days when you get married, you start to realize, okay, the person I'm staying with is really human. You know, uh, the smells, the, the, the way they sleep. You know, now you're sharing very limited space together. You might be staying in a bigger house or a smaller house, but the, you, you coming together means you will be also sharing very small space. So as you share that space, you start realizing that you're dealing with people. But uh, sometimes, because as you're saying, there's so much love, you know, and that becomes the real focus. And then you start forgetting that you interacting with a human being who's just as you, being human and uh, that should be the starting point. It doesn't mean because you've fallen in love, you've gone through the marriage ceremony and uh, you've signed those papers at home affairs and then you've ceased to be human. Humanity still stands. So I think that's, that's the first place we have to start. So when we establish that, then we'll know just as I have flaws, weaknesses, things that I have to grow in, you know, uh, my own battles. The other person also is going through the same thing. Uh, From the beginning, we might not even know what kind of those things are. And sometimes we don't even know what kind of issues that we've embedded in our subconscious until we start having that kind of interaction and then these things start popping up. But then the question is, when we're in that environment, how then do we communicate to each other? How do we engage with one another? How do we talk to one another? You know, either in, in a verbal way, it could be in an emotional way, it could be in an exhibition of our physical uh, um, expression. So, how do we do that? And uh, those are some of the things that we want to look into, you know. And uh, the first thing that uh, I I believe we need to to look into is uh, we need to speak to one another in truth. We need to speak to one another in truth. You know, there's a joke that, you know, when people get married, even if you step on them, you know, uh, the apology will come out very quickly. But as time goes on, if you step on your spouse, it will be a different reaction. You know. It, it would be like, hey, you mean you're not seeing where, you, where you're going or you're not seeing where you're stepping? You're stepping on me, you know? But at first it was, ah, oh, our kiss, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry sweetheart. You know? So things that uh, are becoming a little bit different, but it doesn't matter how long we stay in our relationship. Uh, communicating to one another in truth is the first basis, you know? And when we talk about truth, we're talking about transparency, you know, to one another. But uh, there's always a challenge because you're growing into this thing. You might see certain things, you might want to say certain things, but because you're so afraid to bring offense. So you end up keeping quiet or uh, stuffing up things in your your mind or in your heart until at a certain stage, these things start popping up. Because you're observing, you are recording. Uh, You're experiencing and you're storing up. But from the very moment we get into the space, speaking to one another in truth, matters you know so that is the first thing but within the same verses in ephesians chapter 4 you you find the bible is not just talking about speaking truth but it's also talking about speaking truth in love and that's where the game starts you know because it's one thing to speak the truth but it is also another thing to get your heart, whether you are speaking the truth in love, you know. So that is the first place where we need to start from. The same principles that govern our relationships outside of marriage are the same principles that would govern you know, our relationship in marriage. So the first place to be is to speak to one another in truth, And then that can only be done in love. So truth alone by itself can be damaging. It can be crippling. It can be destructive. But truth that is spoken in love is constructive. It builds, it shapes, you know, and the recipient is able to feel it. But uh, in most most cases would want to speak truth, you know, but we do not really examine our hearts whether the truth that we're bringing out has to do uh, or is driven because there's love behind it, you know. But uh, when ma- when people start growing in, in the relationship of, 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 of marriage, what matters the most is truth, you know. What matters the most is truth, but then the love fact starts melting away. But we need to gel, the two are inseparable. You cannot desire to bring out truth from the other person without desiring to see that it comes through with love. So that's the first thing I'll pause there as we continue.
0: It's a very important point I think you mentioned there because I think uh, initially when I personally got married uh, I think I was uh, I'm a very much of a peacemaker for those who know me I love keeping the peace and one of the things that I sadly came with you know into the relationship was that as well you know where stuff happens but because I want to keep the peace I choose then not to speak and not to keep quiet until one day the wife drops a spoon and I'll be like ah you know, because all of these things have been building up over time. And, you know, the dropping of the spoon is not the issue, but all these things that I've been silent about all this time. So I'm trying to think now, how do we effectively, and I know you've dealt with a lot of up-and-coming couples who will be married soon, uh, preparing for marriages. it were, we were one of those as well. How do we effectively communicate this message, you know, to, to up-and-coming uh, couples, you know, to say, this is one of the key pillars. Yes, I get it, we must talk about it. But how do we practically make them see, if at all, I think something you probably have experience in, to say, hey, this is what communication really means. Because we know, of course, like you said earlier, it does get better with the years, with time. You know, we get better, we we, we become more truthful, as you're saying. Hopefully, with the love still there. But initially, you know, the, it's almost like a rough landing, like a landing uh, at the Oratambu with so much wind and buffeting storms. How do we effectively tell these kids or these young younglings, you know, to to, to, to value this communication thing? You know, here's a fallacy, you know.
1: Where people think when they come into marriage, there are mini prophets, you know, where you are there trying to figure out what the other person is thinking. The only way if uh, uh, communication or talking to one another can be effective is by expressing it. You know, so if you can't say it, the other person will not know. Because there are instances where a person will be experiencing certain things or a person is having certain expectations and they've never communicated them or put them clear to the other person. And uh, when the expectation is not met because of the lack of bringing clarity to what needs to be understood or not, then offense is created. So as a couple, even before you get married, there's need of re-educating one another and re-educating uh, 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 together as a couple. That you know, we need to get into the space and habit of finding ways of expressing what is really rambling down in our, in our, in our, in our hearts. And sometimes the problem comes because of the way we observe, either maybe in the families where we grew or people that you've known, you know, you come at a place where you're so scared to share what you are thinking. Because maybe when you're growing up, every time you shared your thoughts, you were shut down. Or people laughed at you. Or maybe your way of communication was not to a level where people would really embrace. So you go in a relationship and you're thinking, if I open up, if I ask, If I make a comment, if I bring my thoughts, maybe to happen the same way, somebody will laugh at me. My spouse won't take me serious, you know, because every time you were ticked off, every time you were put down. So before you even enter into marriage, and even when you enter into marriage, there's need of a deliberate uh, engagement in teaching yourself, if you've never been in that space, to start uh, uh, bringing out thoughts, uh, 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 communicating, it is very important because if that doesn't happen, the two of you haven't been brought together by God as prophets, you know, or CR1s or CR2s or majors. You are human beings who desire to express what is going on in the heart, you know. And then the other thing, is uh, we need to create an environment where the other person finds the freedom to walk to you, sit with you, and say whatever is on their mind. You know, uh, uh, one of the things that I've, especially men, you know, this bullish lion kind of behavior. Where a woman cannot even have the freedom, just to come to you and express how they think, how they feel, because they are so scared, they don't know how you are going to react. You know, even when it is wrong, even when you don't agree, even when it don't make sense, the other person has got the liberty to come in your presence and express it. So if we don't deal with that, it doesn't matter how long we stay in marriage, the problem will continue. So from the onset, we need to re-educate ourselves. We need to educate ourselves to say, I'm not a prophet, she's not a prophetess, she's not CR1 or CR2 or whatever. Uh, The person can only know what I'm thinking by way of telling them, so that they know it. So that, that is the, the, the first thing. And then the other thing is timing. There's a very nice scripture that I enjoy referring to, you know, when it comes to timing. It says, in its time, he, God, makes all things beautiful. There's a song connected to that, but the song, scripture-wise, is wrong. The song says, in, in his time, he makes all things beautiful. Uh, beautiful, which is true in principle, but in reference to scripture, it's not. that's not how it is. Scripture says in its time, he then makes all things beautiful. I mean, the, the orange can only be meaningful when the fruit is out. The rose flower makes sense when it blossoms. So God makes the timing, you know, beautiful. So sometimes we want to bring issues, discuss issues, but if they're out of sync and not in time, it it just backfires. So timing is very important, but how how do we get timing right? We need to also engage God. We need to know that this is the right time. At the right time, the children of Israel got out of Egypt. At the right time, Uh, Abraham got the son. At the right time, Mary conceived Jesus Christ. So you see the right time, the right time, the right time, the right time. So our God also is a God of timing. So we need to grow into that as well. When do we say what we need to say? Do we need to wait? Do we need to be patient? You know, Uh, I remember when we just got married the moment I enter the door, the first question is, where were you? Why have you come at the time when you said you were going to come at this certain time, you know? The question is okay, but the timing is wrong. Why, why am I so ask me when I'm just entering the door? I haven't even taken off my shoes, but because the person is frustrated, she's been waiting. I said, I'm coming at two o'clock, I come at four. That is not the right time. The right question will demand a wrong response. So timing becomes very important. But we grow. We, we learn to do that. We mature in that. you know. Uh, so those are the two things. And I'll hold on to that. And uh, we'll continue as well.
0: Now, those are very important things, Pastor. I think learning the timing uh, is one thing that a lot of us uh, have had to learn over time as well, you know, to ensure that you, you say the right thing Yes, uh, but not at the wrong time. So that's, like you're saying, you get the right response. And I'm thinking that there are various, various manifold issues, Pastor, that cause stress in a marriage. Uh, it could be money issues. It could be children uh, causing a lot of taking your time and making noise and you know, doing all these things. And we can talk about sex as well. Uh, not in great detail, of course, but just uh, on top there. Now, all these issues, of course, they, they bring their own trouble into the marriage. How do we then separate the communication of how was your day, how are the parents, and, 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 and change and almost prioritize, as it were, the, the, the conversation about the important things within the marriage? How do we touch those touchy-filly topics without causing um, consternation in the marriage, if, if, if there's anything like that?
1: You know, it, 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 the, those are very, very important uh, issues and uh, also a very important question you know, one of the things uh, which would happen when people get into a marital relationship is intentionality, you know. Remember, we we are growing. We are not in the same space. So for us to grow together, there's need of uh, inquiring, not investigating, but inquiring, you know. We need to talk about certain issues openly without being defensive and without being intimidating and without being interrogative, because communication is about enhancing one another, finding out where are the cracks so that they can be sealed so that we grow together. So it is important for a couple time to time Spontaneous or not spontaneous, you know, where we engage one another on issues. You know, you've talked about issues of money, issues of sex, issues of relationships outside our marriage, uh, extended family members. Those are some of the issues that we need to talk about. And also issues at work, you know, those are issues that we need to, to talk about. Now coming to issues of coitus, if I have to put it there, because of uh, you know, I'm in the house. So who knows the person's body better than your, yourself? So you are the one. who, As I said, we are not prophets. You know, we are the ones who are able to explain exactly what our body and how it functions, you know. Nobody else, it does, you can read as many books as you can, but the practical aspect comes from the other person. The person is the one who's able to tell you, this is how my body functions. This is how I respond. This is what makes me uncomfortable. This is what exuberates me. It is you who does that. But if there's no communication or we so much reliable on information that we only get from outside to be the governing factor in us going forward in a marital relationship, we'll always find those cracks happening along the way. But there are things that we discover by ourselves. Let me tell you, when you go through marital or premarital cancer it's not even five percent of what you're going to experience in your marriage and largely it is just information it's not practical so you get the information quite all right it gives you some formal foundation you know to get ready to encounter the real situation when you get into there so entirely depending on the information that you got from your premarital counselor or premarital sessions, it doesn't equip you to the extent, you know, where you'll be able to start dealing with these nitty gritties that you find in marriage because these are practical issues and at most, they are personal encounters. So it is very important for us to understand that. But then when we come in that space, communication becomes the vital tool to open up those doors which have been locked, those areas which you couldn't have seen. It is communication that brings out all those things. But also remembering that, no, we do that
0: in truth and in love. I hear the truth and the love part uh, very, very, very biblical indeed, Pastor, but we have a problem, Pastor, because now, generally speaking, uh, one thing I've realized from the talks and the webinars I've been attending about men and, 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 you know, fatherhood, is that men generally don't don't know how to speak, Um, counting myself in there. You know, we don't know how to articulate our fears, our troubles and all the things that we're going through. Uh, That's the first part. And the second part being that there's also a fear that once I become vulnerable to you, I tell you all of these things that are troubling me. And then next time we're having a small argument that little black book comes out and guess what's there? That thing I told you that I was scared about, that thing I told you that I was worried about is now being used against me, which then almost justifies us going back into that coil again of, ah, rather not speak. How do we effectively get beyond that first door and have the victory to actually really be able to then communicate effectively with our wives and spouses?
1: Yeah, you see, there are two things there, you know, Uh, There's one thing concerning us as men, you know, how were we raised? So there's this misconception uh, of saying, no, uh, men are not detailed. And that's not true. I've been in meetings where men are presenting things. They are as detailed as they can be. You know, I'm sure all of us who've been in, in situations like that, if you're given something to present at work, you don't just cross over we are detailed and we commit ourselves to make sure everything that we're putting together is detailed. So it is just a notion and that notion has been chewed on and swallowed and it has become part of our system and we've convinced ourselves we cannot give clarity on issues. And it's not true. It's not true. Men can give Men can be detailed. Men can explain things in full. So we need to move away from that lie that has been induced in us. And it has become part of our thinking. You know, hoping that, no, uh, if I don't do this, it's because of the nature that is, that's not, that's not true. Because if we can excel in being detailed, if we can ex- excel in other environments in explaining things in full clarity, why must we run away in an environment that is more comfortable for us and that is marriage? So we just need to,
0: to, 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 to,
1: to, to educate ourselves if we've never been in that space. If we were in that space and we've fallen back, we need to re-educate ourselves. Our women, our wives, those that we are relating with and preparing to get married, they need to have that expectation met that if there's an issue as a man, you need to come out and explain it the way it's supposed to be. Because we have the capacity and we are able to do that. Then on the other side, our vulnerability, to our spouse, to our wife, you know, the wife needs to understand that that's where our strength is. If we cannot be vulnerable to them and every time pretend to be strong, then we are just creating a wreck in us. So a woman, a wife, or a person who is thinking of getting married and in a relationship, they need also to learn that vulnerability is not a weapon but vulnerability is a place where a person needs to be given strength. But it's not a reason for us to be reminding, you know, the person that hey, look, this is what you told me and I'm seeing that if vulnerability has to do with accountability. Look, this is where I am. This is what I'm experiencing. So I've come to you. Can you help me walk the journey? Can you be my strength as I'm going? Because I'm weak, I'm depending on you. That should be an, a, 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 a responsibility of honor. But if a person turns that around and starts using it as a weapon, then they do not understand what scripture is saying. You know, scripture is very, very, very clear. In as much as there's love, the Bible also speaks about honoring one another, considering the other person more than yourself. So honor is a very big issue when it comes to that kind of scenario or experience. So my vulnerability is because I depend on you for strength. My vulnerability is not you to use it as a weapon and to always remind me. Then you are just in contrast to what God has given you as a responsibility in that situation. And also as a man, we do have the ability. We can clarify things, but because we've been taught no, we are not detailed and believe that. So when situations come, we want to dash duck and uh, hide under things, you know, and uh, give one answer uh, to, to questions. I think we just need to get some of these things off, educate ourselves, and accept that if we can excel in other environments, we can also excel in our marital environment by giving clarity where it is needed.
0: Um, I, I was reading an article the other day, Pastor, uh, from the Japan Olympics about yep. a guy who had to resign because he may apparently made a comment that, you know, he's attended board meetings that lasted for more than was necessary because there were too many women sitting in that room. And uh, I was actually saying, yes! You know you are speaking the truth because I I, I was also well until now uh, that you said this a oh, believer in the fact that you know men generally go straight to the point whereas uh, our our women folk you know tend to go around the mountain seven times before they say what they want. But l- let, let me leave that. Let me leave that there, Pastor. Let, right? let me let me inter- let me interrupt
1: there. Let me interrupt there. You know. How many of us, if we are men here and listen, how many of us have never interacted with certain people? When you ask them a question, they will never come straight. But you, you are fellow men. I, I've met so many. You ask them the question first; they'll go to Joburg, then pass Rustenburg, and then come around uh, through Centurion before they arrive at Pretoria. You know. So I've got a like that. Before you continue, I've got a friend like that. He's called Joseph. Is, he, is he, Oh, no. is he on the? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not part of the conflict. <laughs> so it, it just shows that look, there's just a biasness which is not just.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll set aside an, a day for that one. But uh, there's two questions that come through now one from actually three, but let me start with the two because they're related and then we'll do the other one when you're done with this one. The first one uh, from Facebook from a guy called Duncan says Does it really matter how a man will react or the wife needs to be able, or as the wife, I think, needs to be able to communicate? Uh, needs to be able to come to the husband and speak her mind, right? I find the excuse that the wife is scared of how the husband will react is another way to fail, uh, to to try and to fail in terms of communication. That's the first part and linked to that, uh, which is now part B coming from another person as well, says, linked to that question, how do you then reset communication lines? So the first part is yes, uh, that reaction phase. And the second one is resetting communication lines. And this is the context. If a marriage has scraped through over the years, in other words, they've just, just, just barely made it over the years, but there are still unresolved issues which can burst out at any time. How do you take tackle the broken or lack of communication in that regard? So I'll leave you with those two and then I'll ask the third one uh, afterwards. All right.
1: Okay, those are very exciting questions, because when I was preparing this, those are some of the things that I put put in. First, let me start at the end. You know, you need to develop your own uh, uh, strategy on how to engage, you know, rules of engagement are very, very important. You know, so what I discovered even when we, we we started off, there were no rules of engagement. How many of you have been in the township? I, I've been, I, I love the township so much. I mean, uh, yeah. See how women talk and see how men talk, you know, a group of men. It's, it's, it's and, and sometimes you understand, are they really talking? What is the subject? And I mean, Anyone can talk at any time, another one is laughing and everything. And then when they're talking, the other one is screaming, hey, when I'm a male, I'm a male, I'm a male. You know, I'm listening, I hear you, but the person is not listening, wants to talk, you know? So it, 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 it becomes a way that we grow up with, even when we go into a marital relationship or when we are planning to get married, you know, we do not intentionally start talking about the rules of engagement when it comes to talking to one another, you know? Can we agree that when I start talking, at least keep quiet, I finish what I'm saying, and then you respond. It can be difficult at the beginning because that's not what you're used to, you know? You are used to mamela. The person is speaking, you're also saying mamela, you know? Or I hear you when you're not listening. So these are things that we need to to do. To, 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 to involve ourselves as a a couple. How do we develop our own rules of engagement when we are talking? And then secondly, the volume, you know? When the issue starts quietly and then the volume starts picking up, the next thing you're screaming at each other. It's because you haven't matured and put together. You haven't matured in the rules of engagement that you've put together. So we need to grow uh into that we need to put down that this is how we are going to talk to each other if someone starts screaming you say "Uh -uh." we that's not how we talk to each other Uh, let's talk you know and i can assure you as time goes on you grow into it and it will be so nice you know it will be so nice and then uh the other part you were talking about the wife fearing that the husband or the way the husband will react. That is very sad. That is very, very sad. You know, for the wife to come to a place where they're always intimidated, always approaching the husband with so much trepidation, it's because that's the environment the man has created remember i gave an example of a lion behavior you know where the man is there and the wife knows i have to tiptoe around this guy if i have to say something that will upset him, this place is just going to be chaotic you know but in the previous meetings remember we talked about loving your wife like the way christ loves the church if truly You've come at a place of understanding what the scripture is saying and responding to it in relation to your wife. Your wife will never, will never have the fear to walk into your presence and express what they think, how they feel, where they are at, you know, because you are loving them like the way Christ loves the church. So our own personal insecurities, our own failures, our own uh, issues that we're dealing with, we need to deal with them ourselves. But the wife must have the liberty, you know, like the way we go in the presence of God, let the woman come in your presence as a man and express how they feel because that is important. And just to add on that, we need to know God is a listener. God is a listener. Psalms has got verses talking about that. No, when you come to me, I'll hear you and I'll respond. If you call upon my name, I'll hear you and I'll respond. If the nature of God, who's excuse me, who's a listener and abides in us, then that nature needs to reflect, it needs to reflect. So my spouse, my wife, whoever I'm, I'm, I'm relating with and getting ready to get married, they must know if I've got an issue, I'll call my husband. If I've got the problem, even if it's nonsensical, my husband will listen and he will respond accordingly. If they don't know, they don't know. If they know, they know. If they have to inquire, they will inquire. So a woman shouldn't have any reason, any, to be scared to come and sit down. I mean, it's an honor, man. It is a big honor for a person you love just to walk to you and say, can I talk to you? Yes, please talk, anytime. And they know this man is not going to be upset. Even if I'm wrong, this person is not going to jump on me like a wild animal. He might be upset, but he will respect me. He will honor me because the person loves me.
0: Right, uh, I see I've got two questions left here, Pastor. I think I'm gonna actually have to leave some of the stuff that we, I wanted us to discuss. Probably we can do it another day. Uh, the first is a, it's touching on the coitus issue. And it says, um, please address if you would the phenomenon on sexless marriages. We keep growing apart. Um, we keep, we, we grow up keeping ourselves for the right person in marriage to be intimate but sadly, it's not a guarantee to get the bedroom intimacy galore, especially now that one has the rights to it all. Uh, I hope they get <laughs> it. What is a healthy bedroom? How often is healthy intimacy? And if things have gotten broken as I am describing now, how do we effectively communicate to fix this? I will not even comment on this one, Pastor. I'll just throw it right at you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, deal with it. I,
1: I, I, you know, every time when I'm dealing with that kind of, I want this thing to be the last one, you know, in our conversation and everything. But since it's a scam, about, first of all, there, there, there are three things involved here, you know. Number one, uh, it can be affected because of the way you're relating to one another. If there are issues between you which are not solved, you know uh coitus can never be enjoyed you know because remember coitus is an ultimate celebration of what is going on between the two of you if really you want sex you can go and pay 50 rand in Manabasta and have it you know you can find somebody at the corner pick and have it but in the marital sense and the marital environment that is the climax of celebrating you know of what you have between the two of you and that is what also brings in the oneness you know in your in your relationship so the first thing how are you relating to one another how do you treat the other person And if the answer is honest, your treatment is okay, your your affection is still on, then we go to number two. How well do you understand each other uh, uh, physiologically? You know, do you understand the other person? Because this is not about me getting gratification, but it is more about other person being fulfilled. How much time do you put in to inquire, am I doing the right thing? Am I up to the occasion? You know, Because most of the times, especially with men, you know, it is warm, 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 bam. Thank you so much, roll over, it's done. But do we understand whether my person that I love, has she been gratified? has she been fulfilled, you know? So, and the person who can say that is the, 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 the woman or it can be the other way around, you know? So that is uh, the, the second thing. And then the other thing, it can also be issues of illness, you know, it can be issues of maybe uh, a person is diabetic or maybe blood pressure or other other other, other, other illnesses there can be a problem in fulfilling that kind of uh, uh, responsibility. So we need to talk about that. If it's something to do with uh, uh, illness, there's always a way where you can go and sit down with a medical practitioner, you know? So that is very important. And then the other thing, there's also age. I mean, if you got married when you're 25, man, that is a war zone, you know? every morning you're up with back sores because you've got all these fantasies you want to feel. But then you start reaching 45 as a woman or as a man you start reaching 50. The body is not the same. So the expectation doesn't really, uh, 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 the expectation cannot be met, you know? So you need to sit down and start talking. You need to move away, especially when age is catching up. You need to move away from frequency to understanding intensity. We'll talk about some other time. When you're reaching 45, the frequency is no more there, man, as it was when you were 30 or when you are hitting the, going towards 50. The frequency is not there. And that doesn't mean that no, there's something wrong. No, 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 it's just age, you're evolving. But then you need to be smart enough to start understanding that frequency won't be happening, but intensity can be met, you know? And there are other things that come in, these responsibilities, kids are growing up, engagement at work. So there are a lot of things that take away time. For, for, for that kind of uh, 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 engagement. But what is important again, communication as we're talking about, there's need of sitting down that hey look, this is what is going on around my body. this is what I'm experiencing. what are you experiencing? Then you talk about that and start, start uh, structuring about that. You know, here's one thing that really uh, people don't, uh, don't understand, you know, we focus so much on the act and forget about the process. You know, the act doesn't even take too long, but the process is ever there. So when we spend so much time on the process, then there'll be an ability to start solving certain problems that would affect the act, you know. But you find people expose themselves to wanting to know the act, but they spend very little time wanting to understand the process to the act. So when such kind of problems start coming up, there's need of sitting down and starting to dissect, what is it that really is bringing the problems? Is it our activity in our external lifestyle? work and other things? Or is it my body that is not functioning well because of what is going on? Maybe I'm sick or for some morbidity or something like that, you know? Or is it something to do with the relationship? How are we relating with one another, you know? Some, it can be a psychological problem. Others, it can be trauma, you know? Somebody was violated some time back, and when they come into marriage, you know, they're always tense and having a problem with that. So, all those things need to be discussed. And I can assure you, there are a lot of resources that people can run to and they can be helped. I think we'll spend a lot of time talking about this at one point.
0: Uh, Probably even three sessions, Pastor, because there's so much to touch on that one. And of course, we'll just have to make sure that we have it at a holy hour. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see I'm doing this, you know, chasing some people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there's a final question here, Pastor, before we wrap it up today. It says, should there be a grace period from the one spouse while the one struggling to communicate is still learning? And part B, how long should that grace period be? Look,
1: we do not have all the answers. You know, we do not have all the answers. If 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 the process is not quicker, we can lop in people who can help us you know, to quicken up the process. You see? So it cannot entirely be dependent on us. We do not, we do not know everything. Most of the things that we know, we know in part. So if there's need of help, call for help. You know, there are people who are schooled in this area and they can help the couples. That's unraveling things, you know, uh, because the blockage that happens in communication is just not one thing. There are so many things that that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that would contribute to that. So if there's that period that is happening where communication is not improving, agree as a couple to say, look, when it comes to communication, I think we are not meeting one another. Can we bring in somebody we trust, somebody we know can really bring in some help and uh, that can help, you know? And, and, And let me assure you, It's not always pastors who have the solution. Can I repeat that? It's not only bishops, reverends, and apostles, and all these people who've got those solutions. There are people who are schooled in those areas, people who've been there, and they've helped others. Where you can go to and get help? Believers, God-fearing people. They can give the help, you know? So you cannot just rely on foodies to give you the solution. It might be too late sometimes, but if there are people who have been recommended to you, go to them and they can help because this, as I said, is like a key to open so many areas in your marital uh, life. There are pastors who've gone through training and uh, that is good, you know. But what I'm afraid of is to go in a in, in a space where the the person all he sees or she sees is just demonic affliction. Yes, it can be true, but it's not every time that's demonic affliction. Sometimes it's just ignorance of the understanding of how to deal with the situation of communication. So that can be easily uh, solved by exposing yourself to professionals or people who know what they're talking about.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for that addition. I think uh, just as we come to the end, I think it's it's a pertinent point to to raise and to remind people out there again to say, uh, when a marriage is in trouble and things are looking really dire and bad, it is not a bad thing to ask for help. It is not a foolish thing to to, to raise up your hand and say, we are drowning, could you please help us? Because I think in this social media world that we live in, in this Instagrammable world, this Twitter world, everybody wants to show that their marriage is perfect. Everybody wants to live to a certain facade of how their marriage is the best in the world. Uh, when things are brewing underground in the house. So please don't be caught in that trap where you find yourself pressured to perform and to to, to show yourself perfect, as it were, when things are not. When you're in trouble, when you feel like your marriage is really hitting the rocks and things need to be sorted out, please ask for help. I think it's a very important thing to do. Uh, We've actually done that personally. The man you're seeing on your screen there, Pastor John, we've gone to him a number of times, You know, and we've already got our help. So yes, there's premarital cancer, but I always try and um, emphasize the point that there is also what we call post-marital counseling that becomes requirable when things are not going your way or as you think they should. But Pastor, sure, it's been been a packed evening tonight. Thank you very much for that. I think we we, we appreciate your wisdom. We appreciate what God has given you. And of course, uh, how you've publicly shared all these precepts and these jewels of information that you're giving us. We are really appreciative and thank you for your time, Pastor. Thank you so much, and God bless all of you. Right, and to everybody watching out there, thank you very much. Uh, it's good to have you it's here. Nice. Oh, yes, 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 that too. <laughs> Thank you for for, for, for for having us in your living room tonight. I think uh, we can always get in touch uh, privately. So if you do want, uh, if you do have a call for help and you really need uh, assistance in a certain area in your marriage, we really will connect you with the right people. Like Pastor said, it doesn't have to be the pastors. Sometimes it can be the psychiatrist. sometimes it can be the psychologist, sometimes it can be the medical doctor. Ultimately, there is no marriage problem, I believe, that cannot be solved if you look for help for it. So until next time, until next week, when we talk about another refreshing and uh, insightful topic on marriage i think it's a good evening bon dia to everybody we'll see you next week
1: bless you